Welcome to Gridability, a podcast about the power of perseverance, overcoming seemingly insurmountable odds to attain the life of your dreams. I'm your podcast host, Adam Clausen. This is my beautiful and extraordinary podcast co-host, Ro Clausen. Good morning, everybody. I'm, I say this every time, but I'm really excited about this episode <laughs> because I think it's going to be one of our best ones yet because we're going to get real vul vulnerable. I can never say that word. Vulnerable. Ooh, that sounds a little scary, doesn't it? I think for most people, vulnerability is scary, but you and I have just lived so transparently for so long. Um, part of that was uh, due to the fact that we really didn't have a choice. True. Like literally under the cameras, under the scrutiny of the Federal Bureau of Prisons, who were so generous to, to listen to every single phone call to make sure that, you know. <laughs> it's so funny too, because I remember like there were so many times that I would say something almost in like a very abstract coded way and you would just come out and say it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I just got schooled. Yeah, I, I learned early on to leave nothing to doubt because I had a couple situations um, that came up. Quick side note here. I found myself sitting in a lieutenant's office one time with two boxes filled with US mail, the, the white um, like US mailboxes being interrogated on a letter that I had sent. And I'm looking at these boxes, wondering what the hell they're doing in the room with us. And the uh, guy who's interrogating me points to the boxes and says, I've got all of your mail from the last six months right here. They were holding it? They had copies of everything. Oh, wow. Incoming and outgoing. So I was like, hmm. Thankfully, I recalled exactly what I had said, told him to find that letter and go ahead and, and you know quote me on it, because I can tell you I didn't say what you're accusing me of saying. And when he pulled it out and looked at it, um, he was pissed. He was like, damn, it doesn't say that. And they had to let me go. But believe me, I was on point from, from that day forward, knowing that if I said one thing that was left open to misinterpretation, I was going to pay for it. So but can we think, OK, I'm not going to take us in the wrong direction, but really quick. Can we just think about that for a second? He was pissed that he couldn't punish you. Ouch, like, that's gross. <clears throat> yeah, that's the, uh, that's the level of scrutiny that we lived under. And to be honest, for me, the lesson in that is learning to live so transparently that we are very comfortable sharing a lot of things that most people wouldn't share um, just because we've gotten into the habit of doing that, knowing that people are listening anyways. So when we share something with you, um, us being vulnerable, uh, I think is an opportunity, uh, a form of encouragement to, to allow other people, you know, sometimes we're just looking for permission uh, to do the same. So when other people maybe see us open up and, you know, get honest about things that we're dealing with personally or aspects of our relationship, hopefully that inspires others to have that same conversation, whether it's with your significant other or even a little bit more publicly to open up and, you know, share it, friends, family, or, you know, get on a podcast and open up and share it with the rest of the world. It's really funny too, because people ask all the time, like, did you take anything home from prison? What did you take home? And I think the, the fact that you took this quality, this trait 
home from prison. Oh my God, it helps you live in integrity. It helps our relationship so much because there's nothing left to question. Mm, well put. So today's talking about bringing something home, something that you and I have been doing for a long time. It's actually something that we've refined and it's become a personal mantra, right? I even have a t-shirt that has this mantra on it and it says, look good, feel good, do good. Shout out to my sister, because I know she listens. She loves our podcast that she made it free with her cricket machine way back in the day. And, and I love it. Um, and it's about falling apart at this point. I love it so much. So we're going to have to go back to the press and get some more of those made. Look good, feel good, do good. And we wanted to spend a little bit of time today talking about this because it's come up so many times in recent weeks where I have been in the room where individuals have approached me and they don't know me or I introduce myself without introducing what I do. And upon that initial introduction, people are like, wow, you look like a politician. That's what I've been getting recently. So that's been coming up and it forced me to kind of stop like the third, fourth, fifth time that I heard this recently, I was like, wait a minute, what is it that I am projecting that people are receiving as politician? Now there's a lot of negative connotations that come, come along with politician, right? So I kind of playfully respond with that and people are like, no, no, it's just, it's something about you. And I get it. It's difficult for people to put into words what it is, the energy, the aura that they're feeling. And I've worked very, very hard to cultivate that. And I would say it's also the refinement of when I initially came out. I came out and what did people say when they first saw me? What was the, what, the label? They're like, you look like, do you remember? You mean like a white collar criminal? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. No, 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 no. They were, we'd be at an event or we'd be someplace and I'd be dressed, you know, looking professional. And they'd be like, you look like law enforcement or, oh. or after the fact. Or Air Force. You got Air Force a lot. Well, remember that was second. Like the initial yeah. phase, I was getting law enforcement a lot. And I'm like, if you only knew. What am I projecting? because people would open up and say that afterwards. They're like, man, I had no idea you had done all that time in prison. Like I was getting the law enforcement vibe. And I kind of laughed. Part of me was almost proud of that. I'm like, wow, they really don't see my past on me. But then I was like, wait a minute, there's some negative connotations with law enforcement as well. I want to make sure that I don't have those. And honestly, if I'm, if I'm looking back on it, Maybe there were elements of the time that I did on the inside in energy that I was projecting that was maybe a little bit harder, more authoritarian Ooh. that was being received as law enforcement. Yeah. Law enforcement. You know, like, listen, I see a cop. Any, well, let me refine that. I see anyone in law enforcement. That's their profession. If I see them in a public setting... True or not, I can usually pick them out. 100%. We were just at a restaurant the other day, and you're like, that table that was next to us, all law enforcement. <laughs> right? And that's, there's something to be said about that. And when, when you're in tune with that energy. I was just going to say they're not in uniform. 
Uh, yeah, <laughs> just, just to be clear, <laughs> they were not in uniform. So law enforcement was the first one. And then you mentioned the second one. You know, let's progress because I've been home two and a half years now. Recently, it's been politician. Initially, it was law enforcement, but there was a progression in the middle where, and, and I should state this for the record too, there is a very, very large Air Force base here. I think it's the second largest in the nation. And because of that, we have a, you know, there's a large population of pilots, of military. Um, but I was getting that pretty frequently. You look like Air Force, you look like a pilot. And, and this is coming. When we were out on a hike, there was, there was like rescue teams out there they were even questioning. These are people who have that military background. So I was giving off something, let's say a year, a year and a half later after I'm out, that wasn't just law enforcement, it was military. And military is a little bit different. It doesn't have that same edge, in my opinion, Agreed. as law enforcement. And also, I mean, you look the part, right? You wear your hair short, you were wearing a backpack, you were wearing aviator glasses, and you didn't have a shirt on, you are ridiculously ripped. So it kind of fit the part. Yeah, it's it's a whole package, Yeah, right? And I think you, you're kind of getting to the heart of our point here, um, because for me to now be perceived as politician, in my mind, when I went back and I thought about that progression, coming out, having a kind of a hard line, over time, refining that, softening it a little bit, all the way up to the point where now it's, I'm comfortable in social situations. But from day one, when I stepped out, I stepped out of prison with a level of confidence, self-confidence that was immediately apparent. And it wasn't something um, like a frightening or menacing as people who've been in prison for a long time are often portrayed by the media, right? Like, this is a scary guy. No, 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 that's, that's not how it was being portrayed. But genuine confidence, right? And that comes from authenticity, which comes from transparency. Bringing this all the way back around, look good, feel good, do good. This is something you and I have been practicing for years. Like, for the duration of our relationship, because ultimately what brought us together was that shared passion for fitness. And we've talked about this at length, but really what is at the heart of that as far as that connection? What was it about that passion for fitness that we were cultivating in ourselves and that we were supporting in one another? What was it about it? Yeah, what, you know, the physical challenges, you and I, you know, exchanged workouts on a daily basis to where we were constantly challenging one another to maintain a high level, an optimal level of physical conditioning, physical fitness. And with that, you know, supporting one another in that, there was a level of confidence that we had. When people would walk in the visiting room and see us, they'd be like, Man, you guys don't belong here. Yeah. Right? It was something that set us apart. It was an energy. It was an aura. And I am confident that's where it stems from. It stems first from our physical practice. The results, like getting up in the morning, going into the bathroom, you know what I mean? Looking in the mirror, seeing myself and going, 
I like what I see. I feel strong. I look strong. It's that positive reinforcement as opposed to, I would say so many people, that's where that self-confidence is lacking, where they don't, they walk into the bathroom and they look and they go, hmm, I'm unhappy with this. And instead of taking some step, doing something about it to where they're able to see improvement and feel good about it, that's what inspires genuine, genuine self-confidence. That's the foundation. Absolutely. And on the opposite end of it, my sister was texting me last night and she was sending pictures of a few different outfits. She got invited to go to some country club to, I don't know if she's doing presentation. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but she's already starting where she feels like she doesn't belong. And then she's sending these outfits and she's like, I don't love any of them. This dress, I absolutely hate it. I hate the way I look in it. And I'm like, in her, she's being too hard on herself. But I said, it's a beautiful dress. You look gorgeous in it. Do not wear it because you're already in your head about it. You're already self-conscious. If you're sitting there all night long, like trying to hide roles in your perceived roles in your head or like tugging on your outfit, first of all, you're going to be uncomfortable. And second of all, you're never going to feel confident. So it's, yeah, look good, feel good. Cause you're not tugging, you're not hiding you're not distracted so you can't interact with people on a deep level and then you're going to feel good and you're going to move forward and do what you have to do people people feel that and you know right now there is so much we we had talked about this previously as far as you know the the whole movement to be comfortable with yourself at any size definitely do not agree with that because there are there's unhealthy aspects to that on the opposite end of the spectrum, when we promote self-confidence, the best way to do that is through physical fitness. You set the foundation, like when you're able to do things with your body, that physicality, that creates a level of self-confidence that no one can do anything to take that away. Therefore, when you add to it, when you put the right clothes on top that make you look even better, that increase your confidence, like, damn, I really look good. That comes through, right? But you got to have the foundation. You can't take someone who's in just in terrible physical health, um, looks in the mirror, does not like what they see and say, man, I'm going to throw a bunch of designer labels on this. I'm going to put a bunch of bling on and suddenly I'm going to feel good about myself. You might get a, a, a brief jolt of false you know, self-worth, self-confidence out of that. Like, yeah, look at, look at the watch I have, look at the jewelry. And you might feel good for a second. And when you walk in the room, people are gonna see those labels, but I promise you, they will not feel or be attracted to the same level of self-confidence as someone who is physically fit. Yeah, let's distill it all the way down too, right? Because first of all, somebody's four or 500 pounds look in the mirror and they say, I look great. I'm gonna question that second of all you cannot feel good when you're carrying around that much weight your joints hurt your body hurts so just distilling it all the way down no you're never going to feel good I, I am so with you on that and I want to touch on what you just said be very clear on this fake it till you make it oh I'm glad you're bringing it up 
That's the absolute worst advice I have ever heard. The number one worst advice is to fake it till you make it. The reason is you will never, ever, ever get an authentic feeling, feel good about yourself when you are faking something. And it's not like it's just going to somehow click and all of a sudden one day, like it's no longer fake. Now it's real. That's not how it works. You know, that's, that's not how we're programmed. Our psychology and our physiology are intertwined. So if you're constantly telling yourself, just fake it, fake it, fake it, your body's picking up on those signals, right? You're not going to be receptive to it. And conversely, when you start telling yourself, okay, this is how I intend to be. This is who I want to be, who I am in the process of becoming. When I start telling myself those things, now it rings true. I'm in the process of doing these things to get stronger, to increase my self-confidence because I want to be that guy. I want to be, to have that level of confidence. I want to be the person when I walk in the room that people stop and look and go, man, who is that? Like, I don't know who he or she is, but there's something about it. Like, I need to go meet that person. And people will make it a point. They'll be attracted to you. That's a reality. Yeah, and you're so good at being very cautious of the words you use. Because in hearing that, I think a lot of good people, people could be like, that's semantics, right? Like, fake it till you make it, act as if you're going to be there or I can't remember the exact phrase you used but it kind of seems like six of one half a dozen the other same thing but it's not because you said it best people are so attracted to you you're so charismatic because that's what you practiced for so long that that's what exudes off of you that it is true like if you're faking it until you make it you're always just going to be faking you're always going to be fake you're never going to make it because you're stuck there and that's what you're telling yourself mm. so good so back to our personal mantra, right? Look good, feel good, do good. Um, you know, listen, there's a, there's a price that comes along with when you're looking good and feeling good and people, not everybody's receptive to it, right? You're you mean gonna... like a price tag? <laughs> Is that what you mean? Oh, there's a price tag. There's a social price tag because for all those people that are going to be attracted to you, Depending on the circumstances, um, it might bring out the haters, right? For all those who look at you, the progress that you're making, the confidence that you now have, it's going to bring out some people's insecurities. Um, we were talking about the time in visit, like backlash. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Do you, do you want to relay that story? There are a couple. <laughs> <laughs> A couple that I can remember, I probably blocked a few. We've got a lot of visit stories, yeah. We've got a lot of visit stories. But I think the probably the one you're referring to is, let's start with like the not as bad one and then we'll go to the bad, the worst one. So the not as bad one is there was this officer and she was so kind, but then when she realized she was being kind, she would like toughen up. So I remember specifically a time where they made this rule off the cuff, like they were trying to not have visit be overcrowded and it was Father's Day. I was not there that week. My friend was there and she told me about this. It's June, 
the end of June, so people are wearing open-toed shoes, which you could always wear before. Well, that morning, they decided that you couldn't wear open-toed shoes. And that was the new rule forever. And what they were trying to do was not have too, they were turning people away. Like that's heartless in my opinion, right? People travel far. I'm getting lost in a tangent. But the following week, I didn't know this. I hadn't spoken to my friend in between. The following week, I was at visit and I brought open-toed shoes with me. And she was like, you can't wear those shoes. It's a new rule, this and that. And I was kind of getting flustered because I would always deal with some anxiety going into visit. It was just like that then I'm like oh I have to I have to figure this out I have to be really fast otherwise I'm not going to get in there this and that so I was kind of getting frantic and she said don't worry we'll figure this out together and I was like oh thank you so much right I see her human side I'm starting to react with like my compassionate human side and she toughened up right and she was she was like okay we have to figure this out go outside your car change figure it out next person and just kind of ignored me so that's the background of her we're in visit. I can't remember if it's the exact same day or not. And she was always very kind, stern, but kind. And for no reason whatsoever that I can recall, she walks. Well, actually, I can recall. You had your hand on my leg. It was not too high. It was by my knee. Ooh. I know. And and again, the rules changed week to week. You would not have had your hand on my leg. Wait a if, minute. My my hand on your leg. Was it like closer to the knee or to the closer knee. to the crotch? You would never go closer to the crotch because okay. we knew. Just a point of clarity because yeah. your and, legs are pretty long. <laughs> Thank you for that vote of confidence, but my legs are so short. <laughs> totally different direction. But yes, because you would never risk having our visits terminated. And so your hand was on my knee. It had been done before. Other people had done it. And she walks up to you and she taps you on your shoulder and she says, take your hand off her leg. Don't make it hard for me and I won't make it hard for you. Like real stern. And we both looked at each other like, what the hell was that? Like it was, it was bizarre. That was one of them. Do you want to respond before I? Well, I would say that that speaks to us being projecting that level of confidence, comfort in ourselves, in our relationship, and someone in a position of authority, quote, they had the authority and were meant to keep things in line, had difficulty understanding or figuring out how to deal with us. Yeah, and they did. Yeah, it was just one of those awkward situations where she was faking a level of confidence or of authority that she did not feel. It was not genuine. Coming from that place, you know, it's always going to leave you with that odd feeling. Yeah, and I always noticed that the officers treated us very differently than they treated everybody else. They almost handled at least me and and you too, like with kid gloves, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, they were gentler with us. They were more professional with us. They were kinder, had a little bit more empathy to an extent. They never did anything that went out of their way, majority, that went out of their way to like jeopardize their own job. No, none of them did that. Let me, let me just be clear. I want to go back. You said they were more professional. Much. More empathetic. Yes kinder yes Ooh, like just think about that for a minute they simply treated us with a bit more humanity oh 100 but because we we projected that we presented yes. ourselves with humanity yes you know i saw a girl one time we were lined up to be processed into visit the line was practically out the door right and she had her passport you needed to show id in order to get in 
and she throws it on the desk and she says, you can process me now. My initial gut reaction was, what the hell are you doing? You are ruining this for the rest of us because at the end of the day, they have the say if you're gonna get in there or not, and then you're gonna put them in a bad mood, make them put on their you know tough officer attire, and then it's gonna be hell for the rest of us to get in because you wanna be an asshole. And that's how a lot of people in there were. And I understand a lot of people are walking in with a chip on their shoulder, but also you wanna know my secret? This is maybe seemingly so simple or silly. My tell, secret- Tell us your secret. My secret, aside from being a nice person, right? That shouldn't be a secret. That's like the obvious. You know this because we just talked about, I'm not tall, I'm very short, but people think that I'm tall, it's my posture. Yes. It exudes so much. And I've always just, maybe it's all the years of Catholic school when I was younger, but it's my posture. Uh, it might be the stage presence. It might be the competitions. Yeah. Like yeah. But, the, but the takeaway from that is just like straighten yourself up a little bit and you're going to exude so much more confidence and professionalism. And it's just, it, it looks obviously a lot better than like slouching. Again, it comes back to physical strength creates confidence a level of confidence that shines through everywhere you go yeah so these are all lessons that you know we learned long ago on the inside and we always talked about oh you got another one i got a second story okay but i don't know if it. you want to because this one's a little bit more dramatic shoot yeah there was an officer that just didn't like us she specifically didn't like you because of what we're talking about, right? You had a lot of respect. She was obviously something was triggered by you within her because nothing ever took place between you guys. Mm, yeah. And she walks in to visit one day. And the reason I really wanted to tell this story is because the officer that was working visit that day mm -hmm. was a confident person. There we go. Had it been somebody else, 100%. We would have been in a different situation. So great, what happened great was- Great story, great story. Yeah, and what was his background? Oh God, oh God, I'm getting so ahead. What was his background? He was a power lifter. Yeah, so this power she, lifter and he got into bodybuilding. Yes. We used to talk about deadlifting and visit, like that's, <laughs> <laughs> just think about Nutrition, that. Nutrition, supplements, yeah. right? Yeah. But yeah, please, please tell this one. So let's just tell the background. She was like a lieutenant, right? She was above him, like she had more rank. Um, she was the CMC, which is your case management coordinator, meaning she is over top of all the counselors. She determines who gets transfers, um, processed release dates, like very, very influential role where everything goes through her to go to the administration. And she was just a mean, vindictive, spiteful woman. Especially towards you. Especially towards me. So she walks in and she tells the man who's working visit, kick out Clausen and his wife. And he was like, for what? And she's like, I don't care. Make something up. Kick him out. Get rid of him. And we were supposed to have a six-hour visit, and it was probably like an hour and a half into visit. It was mm -hmm. early. And mind you, I drive six hours to spend those six hours with you. Mm -hmm two days in a row. I'm sorry if this is bringing up bad memories, but it's such a good story to relay this message. And then six hours home, right? So that's 12 hours in the car to see you for 12 hours. It's supposed to be 12 hours. It was usually like eight. Anyway, he says to her, oh, I have chills because he saved us that day. Do you want to work visit or do you want to let me do my job? Because if you want to come back here, I'd gladly go home. It's Saturday morning. I have plenty I can do, but if not leave and I'll decide. I'll decide who gets kicked out based off of who actually should be kicked out of visit. Thanks. And so, and he came up and he told us that later, like I had your back, very confident man. Like we said, power lifter, just exuded who turned into a bodybuilder. You said, and, and just a point of clarity, 
she was up here. He was regular line staff corrections officer. Yeah. Like she was definitely in a position of authority even over him. Yeah. So he stuck his neck out to even he have did. that response, which was very valid. But at the same time, that's typically not how that happens. No. Not only in prison, which it's worse, but like think about that to any boss, no one's or any manager or higher up in any job. You're not going to typically turn around and be like, nope, not doing it. In life, and, and unfortunately, that's the reality, right? It's not only about you know what you project, it's about that level of confidence gives you generally the level of courage that you need to make certain decisions in your life, to, to maintain that level of integrity, to hold true to your core values. Like you see, there's a whole chain of events that builds off of that foundation that is all cultivated through physical fitness. What you do every single day adds to that, strengthens not just your body, strengthens your mind, and reinforces everything that you stand for. Now, this is my call to action for everyone. Like, if you're not doing something to increase that sense, that physical strength, it doesn't matter what it is, right? Walk. Just walk. As long as you're doing something, that's going to increase your self-confidence. And believe me, like when you walk by that mirror, you look in that mirror first thing in the morning, you're going to have a different level of respect for yourself, confidence in yourself. And that's going to carry through the whole day. It's going to change your life. Honestly, change your life. Look good, feel good. And then you're ultimately, you're doing good. That's why it's our personal mantra. But you got to set the foundation. Absolutely. 100%. And yeah, just walk. And like, let's say today you can only walk for 10 minutes. Tomorrow, try 11 minutes because that's the point is to be able to push yourself beyond and be like, I just did that and I can do it again. That's where the confidence comes from. I'm going to add, I'm going to add to that. Yeah. I, I love the Ed Milet. One more, one more, as we've said, you know, we've been incorporating that. It's, it's usually not one more rep or even one more it's like one more round um <laughs> but it's bragging do, rights when it's over it is a hundred percent and always always feel better after the fact i do want to say this like i i'm i'm a big believer in taking massive action don't settle a lot of people are like well i don't want to overtrain listen overtraining is the last thing that you need to worry about right do you, know, do you know how hard it is to overtrain? Well, how many times, too, where people ask us how often do you work out? And we say, usually it's seven days a week, right? And they're like, you can't do that. You need an off day. We're not working out HIT style, CrossFit style. You know, you're not running 18 miles seven days a week. There might be a day where we hike. There might be a day where we walk around the block. We're not doing intense workouts seven days a week. I think that's the difference. But, but there is part of our routine is to incorporate a high level of intensity. Yeah. Maximum intensity training, meaning this. I mean, this is one of our philosophies that we promote and part of our program um, that we are, you know, looking to expand, get out there, probably bring in some more clients, like coaching clients under this philosophy, the maximum intensity training philosophy is that whatever you are going to do, you're going to put all of your effort into it, right? 
that means your focus, like you see people all the time, I'm sure, even if you're someone who's at the gym every single day, you see people who between each set, they're kind of wandering around, like, you know, they get lost in the music, they're checking their phone out, they're doing a multitude of different things. Maximum intensity training means that your workout is void of distraction. Like you come there to do the work, to put your full mental attention on your work, on your recovery, on optimizing every minute that you're there to do it. And when it's done, then it's done. Then you can enjoy, do whatever else you want to do, but that's how you're going to get the most out of it because you want to increase your work capacity while you're reducing your recovery time and consistently, you know, increasing your level of fitness in a multitude of areas. You know, I dare people to, it's going to sound crazy, leave your phone in the car and don't bring it into the gym. So I, that sounds like people get so, myself included, we're so attached to our phones, right? And if you need to like be in contact with childcare, obviously ignore this, but I went to a group training gym. It was like an underground hardcore gym that kind of taught me this concept and I loved it there. And we were literally one of the rules, they had a rule list on the wall was you cannot have your phone in here. And at first it was like, what, that's ridiculous. But it was the best hour of the day because there really wasn't a distraction. You had 100% full focus. Now, in contrast, we were in the gym in New Jersey and there was this woman, she was adorable. She was wearing like the cutest little workout outfit. She was so cute with her high tap nobles that matched her outfit, right? Sitting in the squat rack on a bench with her Bluetooth in on the phone for 45 minutes. And she was like intense on her call, right? Looking, making faces in the mirror, watching herself. She was adorable. But the whole time I'm like, what's the point? Like, are you going to leave and be like, great workout? Because <laughs> you sat in the gym in your cute little outfit. Like leave the phone for a few minutes, have a really, really, really good workout. And it's going to be, honestly, it's going to be life-changing. It's so dramatic, but it's true. And, and that goes as well for maybe you're going for a hike. Maybe you're going on a tough hike. Um, for me, like especially trail running is all about meditation. Like yeah. if you are not 100% present, you get immediate feedback, which I've been the unfortunate recipient and I have the scars to prove that, taking a couple tough falls. And as soon, like I remember the last one, I was literally in the air going, oh shit, <laughs> this is gonna hurt. God damn it. I should have been paying closer attention. Like my mind had just drifted just for that second. And for me, that's, that's a practice, right? That the longer we can tune in mentally, like, and build up that level of endurance as well. That's where I'm saying the mind and the body are so interconnected. If, if the one thing that we have complete control over is our body and through that constantly you know, increasing our fitness, we increase our mental fortitude. Like that's the key to all this. That's the key to looking good, feeling good, doing good. That's something that we obviously want to share with others. It's something you and I have been doing. We've had a lot of requests recently yeah. um, for coaching on whether it's fitness, whether it's nutrition, whether it's relationships. I mean, these are the things that, um, for 11 years while I was incarcerated, we had certain daily practices, rituals that we did even though we were apart that helped strengthen us not only individually, we were able to grow together, but we also grew closer together 
so that when I walked out the door, uh, you know, most people are like, well, that must have been a difficult transition. It was not. It was seamless because of the work that we had done on ourselves and our relationship. And we continue to do that on a daily basis where, you know, a lot of mm, concerns that we hear from other couples, from other individuals who are looking to get into a relationship, the things that they are challenged with, we're like, okay, well, it gives us a greater appreciation for the things that we already do. And those are things that we would like to help, you know, other people live into their full potential. Because I think for the large part, most people underestimate the potential that they have, you know, um, don't realize you can have the life of your dreams, right? It's right there. It's so close. And that's something that we are fully committed to helping others attain that. That's the reason for the podcast, but it's also for the reason for us taking on additional clients. It's the reason you wrote this book right here. Do you want to mention the book? I always forget that I wrote this book. It's so ridiculous, right? Um, yeah, I wrote this book. It's called The Comeback Code. It's available on Amazon. It's cheap. It's like $9.99 or something. I wrote this when you were in prison because... Wait, 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 wait. It's not cheap. Thank you. you. It's of incredible value that you charge only $9.99 for this, which I think is... Very affordable. That's what I giving said. it away yeah. at nine ninety nine. Just to be clear. Well, I agree with you. I wanted to make it affordable because I want it in the right hands. Okay, mm, I get it. It is literally all of the exercises that I developed on my own. We developed between us throughout the years that you were incarcerated to thrive. Right? Because people ask me all the time, like, I don't get how you do it, or they would be like, and this is such a compliment to me. If you could do it. I could do it. Or I would say, like, if, if I can do it, you have no excuse. And this is how I did it. Because a prison relationship, period, is really hard. A long-distance relationship is really hard. A relationship with a lifer is almost undoable if you don't have the right mental state. I'm going to say it is undoable if you're yep. not in the right mental state and you don't have the right practices. So this is all about goal setting, building self-confidence. Um, it's kind of a workbook that you follow along with. And yes, it was written specifically with prison wives in mind, but I think anybody that needs help with goal setting, self-confidence, relationship building, this is part of it. And also I think that, I think we need feedback, right? Because I am so exciting, excited and willing to do something with you like that. But I think we need to know, aside from those bunch of Instagram messages and emails that we got, that it's actually something we should invest time in building. So... You mean take it on more clients? Yes. Um, and we talked a little bit about this. In order to do that, what are you suggesting then? That we open this up to having people send something? How yeah. do you want to do this? Yeah, so this is what I'm thinking. Our genius. I'm on the mic. I was, go. well, was going to give you a really big compliment before you want me to start. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Go okay. ahead. I'm, I'm ready to get gassed After up. the really yes. big insult, but I'm not salty or anything. <laughs> okay. That was so jurors, right? I'm not <laughs> salty. So our genius, tech genius, engineer slash producer, is that the right Yeah, title? producer. Producer, producer George. is like the ultimate. Yes. The ultimate. I got SEO that. master, like everything, right? Social media guru. Should I keep going? Or? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have my own podcast. Uh, you guys are like... Ah, oh, man, I wish I had a camera on me. They're quickly be you guys are quickly becoming one of my favorites because 
the messages are so true. Like I have listened to a lot of podcasts here and it's, it's partially because I got to see the vulnerable side of you first and then I get to see how you guys made it through. But yeah, there's, there's big plans in the future. And yeah. I, I enjoy working on your guys' show. And Dominique. Dominique isn't here this morning, but she's also a huge help. We appreciate, guys, we, yeah, we appreciate both of you making this possible, making us look good. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's tough, like I said, man. There's <laughs> lots of... Lots of time I have to spend See, here. I, I'm just <laughs> filling you with all of this confidence and you're trying to break me down. But you know what? I'm going to walk out with my tall posture, so I'm going to be fine. You do that. Okay, so how do you suggest that we do this? Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, they are going to create a Google form in which you all can send in uh, a message, DM any of the gridability accounts we'll even set it up for adam's account and your account row okay uh just dm coaching to those accounts and we will send you a google form asking you guys for your information uh and we they will be sending information shortly after that perfect i'm um, following up with you so thank yeah. you no problem yeah and and that's a commitment that i want to make uh anybody that's going to take the time to do that uh, we will reach out, personally reach out to you, and we'll have a conversation. And, you know, it's not going to be just some random person giving you a call, as I think is normally the case. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's a great place for us to look at expanding what we're doing right now, uh, give more focus, more attention on those things that inspire us, and giving us the opportunity to share that with others who you know, are equally uh, motivated to, to have that same positive impact in their lives and ultimately, you know, focus on living into their full potential, attaining the life of their dreams, because that's what this podcast is all about, right? This has been another great episode. I've had a lot of fun. I hope you had a lot of fun. Tons. Excellent. And I hope all of you enjoyed, you know, everything that we talked about here today. You know, it's been a lot, uh, another great podcast on gridability, power of perseverance, overcoming seemingly insurmountable odds to attain the life of your dreams. I'm your podcast host, Adam Clausen, the beautiful, extraordinary Ro Clausen. Take us out of here. We will see you on the next one. All right. <laughs>